0: these bodies will serve us well all the days of our life until we are satisfied after having lived a long life and then father we will go home to be with you forevermore and lord we thank you that between now and then we have work to do and we must be strong physically and able to complete that work father every sickness and every disease is a hindrance to the furtherance of your gospel so father we thank you that lives on the inside of us. And we give you all the praise and the honor for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We thank the Lord for uh, bringing us together to healing school, right? We get to uh, learn all about healing and um, um The Lord is gracious to have left us a great uh, body of information in the Word of God to learn these things. And, you know, the thing that's amazing to me is these truths have been in the Word of God for thousands of years, right? I mean, the Word of God has been delivered to us uh, about 1900 years ago, right? Uh, Really the first century, by the end of the first century, all the letters of the New Testament were completed, and it took about the second century till they started Getting together and saying, "Well, we think these are the collections of of the scriptures, the canon, so so it's called," and um, and of course, there's been a lot of controversies over the years as people decided, "Well, you know, we want to change all that." And uh, I'm pretty satisfied with the way that it was done, and and uh, don't see any need to change any of that. Uh, but uh, the Lord provided all this information to us uh, for uh, these thousands of years, and um, and it's amazing to me that you know it's 2022. Uh, today, And there are still people who don't believe some of these things, you know, and, and I wonder why, you know, and sincere, and, you know, some of them are just kind of, you know, some people just don't want to believe anything fine, you know, but there are sincere, plenty of sincere Christians who read the word of God and pray who just don't believe these things. And um, I, I don't really understand why that is. You know, I, I know in some cases it's because their personal experience has not shown that God is a healer, at least in their their judgment so-and-so was a good person, they didn't get healed. So-and-so was a good person, they didn't get healed. I was sick, and I asked the Lord uh, to heal me, and he, and he didn't heal me. And so it must not be for today, right? Uh, and so, uh, and that happens a lot. But you've got to ask yourself uh, the question that if you're going to judge the Word of God and judge the Lord himself based on, you know, upon your personal experiences, how successful will you be in getting that right? You know, if God has to uh, make your personal experience be perfect before you can prove that uh, and decide that he's faithful to do his word, uh, how long would that last? Amen. Uh, And uh, really, uh, like a lot of things, many times it's not even um, uh, the word of God that's the problem. It's how we operate the word of God. Because a lot of times people will ask the Lord to do things that he's already provided for us. And that really it's our responsibility to receive it or to claim it by faith as opposed to asking the Lord to do something. Because uh, if we ask the Lord to heal us, for example, and I know sometimes we do that. But, but really, technically, if we ask the Lord to heal us, then you know, his response could be, I thought this, I already provided stripes on my back for your healing. Because the Bible says by his stripes you were, you were healed, Right. So if he asked the Lord to heal us, then, you know, he, he could rightfully say, what would you like me to do more than I've already done? Uh, is there something else in my covenant? And if you go back even to the old covenant, uh, and he could say, I thought I said I am the Lord that healeth thee. What would you like me to do beyond what I've already provided for you? And, of course, you know, our response would be, well, Lord, you know, here's a list. Now that wouldn't be the right response, right? Right. Uh, heal me without any faith, you know, if it's your will, heal me, you know, and that sort of thing. And so, of course, people wrap those things up and they say things like, if it's your will, and then, of course, it doesn't happen, so they, they make the conclusion that, well, therefore, it's not God's will. I asked the Lord, if it's your will, heal me, and he didn't heal me, and so, therefore, it's not his will that I get healed. And, of course, that, that's almost uh, criminally poor doctrine, right? You know, it, it's, uh, but uh, much of the church lives that way. Lord, I, I prayed, if it be thy will, to heal me you didn't heal me so I'm going to you know you didn't tell me I'm just going to assume that because you didn't do that then then it clearly wasn't your will and again we we are basing the judgment upon the word of God uh, on our circumstances I asked to be healed I wasn't healed therefore the word of God is wrong I asked to be healed I wasn't healed therefore what God said isn't so for today there must be some mysterious reason why it doesn't work today and of course there's no mysterious reason because it always works, amen, uh, it, it has always worked, it will always work, uh, and it will, it'll, it'll work until, you know, there will come a day when we won't need to be healed, we will receive glorified bodies, and then that portion of scripture will no longer be relevant to us, amen, just like the portion of scripture about, uh, uh sacrifice, uh, sacrificial animals, that, that's no longer relevant to us, right, it doesn't matter, it's not that it was wrong, uh, it just, it's no longer relevant to us, because there's no need for sacrificial animals because of the work of the Lord Jesus. And someday in the future, we will get glorified bodies that are, that'll that be uh, immune to sickness and disease. And my guess is in that future state, there will be no sickness and disease anyway. Uh, and so uh, we won't need the area of faith for healing. Uh, we will always have faith, always have a need for faith. I don't know what we'll do with that faith, but you know, when the Lord, uh, uh, before, uh, he, uh, humanity was created the lord was using faith to create the universe wasn't he the bible says that the worlds were created by faith so there are things that can be used that faith can be used for that we don't uh, we don't know and we can't anticipate now but m- uh, my guess uh, uh, without a shadow of doubt in my heart we will be using faith uh, really for all eternity and what we what we will specifically be doing with that i don't know but um god's always been a faith god he's was a faith God, he is a faith God, and he will be a faith God tomorrow. So uh, so we finished up uh, chapter six uh, last week in uh, Dr. Yeoman's book, and so uh, we're going to pick up chapter seven today about himself, and so let's turn over to Matthew chapter eight. You know, Matthew chapter eight is really a good chapter because it covers a lot of territory, and, uh, and it's not really that long of a chapter, but it has a lot of good information here, uh, and she, she starts out talking about uh, verse 17 here, it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. So uh, this this whole chapter is about himself. What did he do uh, for us? Uh, and so it kind of culminates in this chapter uh, with that, that he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So uh, he didn't do it with a committee. He did it by himself. And of course, uh, uh, she brings up the Old Testament scripture in Psalm 107 it says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction their destructions. And so, you know, the, the Lord, of course, we know that the the, the, the that Jesus is the word and the word is God, and the word was God. Uh, and so Jesus is the word, and so he sent that word. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes people argue, well, it was the Bible, you know, and it's the same thing, right? But Jesus, Jesus did the work, and so it's really the word of God that's doing the work. And uh, that should be good news because if it's the Word of God that's really doing the work, then what do we have access to? We have access to the Word of God, amen? So if we have access to the Word of God, that means that somewhere in there we have access to healing. Uh, and, of course, the, it's not hard to find. It, in fact, it's very easy to find, right? Uh, and so she, she spends just a minute talking about uh, the value of the Word of God and how we should... Uh, elevate the the Word of God in our, into our lives, and, and that's always a good thing, right? Uh, and so she mentions uh, Psalm 119.11, which is thy word have I hid in my heart, <clears throat> uh, that I might not sin against thee. And, you know, that's, uh, I like that verse because, um, you know, we should treat the Word of God uh, as a precious thing, right? Something that's very important to us. Uh, and, and the psalmist said, I have hidden... Uh, your word in mine heart, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, and, you know, the word of God is a great uh, tool that we can use, that if we can fill ourselves up with the word of God, we will find that we do a whole lot less things wrong in this world. Amen? Uh, A lot of people can quote all the surgeries they've ever had, all the medications they've ever had, all the uh, terminology of all the medical problems they've ever had, uh, but they, they struggle to think of one solid uh, biblical verse to actually quote. It doesn't have to be quote, quoted verbatim with all the these and thous, But, uh, you know, if you can get the, the gist of it pretty accurately, then, uh, you know, that's pretty good. But uh, they quote everything in the world except for what the Word of God says about their healing. Uh, and so, and of course, she, she also mentions Psalm or Proverbs 420 which is, my son, attend to my words. So we have to pay attention to the word of God. Amen? Uh, and so this is going back to where he sent his word. So this is all done by Jesus, right? He sent his word. Jesus is the word of God. So all this is going back to him, right? Jesus is doing this work for us. And it's through the word of God, which, of course, is himself. But attend to my words. You know, if you attend to your work, if you attend to your chores, if you attend to uh, your classwork or homework or yard or you know uh whatever you've got to do you're paying attention to those things right you're you're working them and that that same implication uh, should be given to the word of god attend to his words uh you know treat them as something that's important uh, not just something that well lord if i if i have nothing else to do in the world i'll read your word right Uh, but attend to my incline thine ear unto my sayings uh so that means we have to be have the capacity to hear right how many times did jesus say uh, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, and then, of course, one time Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Uh, I thought that was a good one, take heed how you hear, right? Because you can hear with a dull ear. Well, you know, that's not that important. Well, that's a dull ear because I think all the word of God is important. Uh, and so, take, uh, incline thine ear to my sayings, right? When, when Jesus speaks through the word of God, it, it should you know, prompt you, oh, this must be important let me pay attention to this let me pay attention to the word of God uh, you know if you're in a uh, if you're in a, a busy restaurant or and you see a famous person or you know important person there and they, they they decide to speak you know a lot of people will kind of lean in that direction to hear incline uh, their ear towards that per, what that person's saying because maybe it's important maybe it maybe it will cause me to earn some more money so uh, we will incline our ear to their sayings, but are we inclining our ears to the sayings of the Lord? Right? Are we inclining our ears to what the Word of God says in every area, but not not just in healing, but in all areas? So are we doing that? Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. That kind of goes back to what Psalm 119.11 says. Uh, and, and if we do those things, of course, we know this verse, uh, they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Uh, well, health to all your flesh would be pretty valuable, wouldn't it, right? Uh, Would that include your joints and your marrow and your fingers and your toes and your bloodstream and your organs and your brain and your ears and your eyes and nose? I mean, health to all your flesh would include health to all your flesh, amen? And this is a pretty good prescription. There's three verses here in Proverbs, and um, uh, it's pretty good, right? Uh, And so uh, is it worth the effort? Is it worth the effort to read the Word of God? Is it worth the effort to spend time... Listening to the word of God, well, uh, it clearly is from the word of God, but we have to choose to believe that to be so, right? Uh, and uh, she talked about how that we should meditate it on it, on it day and night. And she went back to uh, our famous verse there in Joshua one eight, right? Now I think it'd be good just to read that verse. Um, and so um, I remember reading this verse, you know, as a teenager for the first time, and kind of thinking nobody else has ever heard of this verse. Uh, maybe I should tell some people about it because I thought it was a pretty good verse. Uh, but Joshua one eight, Of course, it's Old Testament, right? So we have to make sure we, we uh, read it in light of the New Testament. But this, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. In, in other words, we've got to keep saying it, right? Keep uh, speaking what it says. Uh, if, we, if we stop saying what it says, then, it, then the word of God has departed from our mouth. It has left us. Uh, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Uh, well, that doesn't mean that you don't eat or sleep or work or mow or, or you know, cook or clean or, you know, because if, if you really did only meditate there at night, then you, there would really wouldn't be time for anything else. Uh, the implication is it should always be a part of our life and all that we do and all that we think. And, and you know, for me personally, a lot of times it'd be like just uh, we mentioned this morning about the, the verse in um, First John chapter 4 about as he is, so are we in this world. And, uh, you know, I've known that verse for many years, but uh, I've just been, for whatever reason, the Lord just keep prompting that verse in my heart. This this week, just be thinking about it. As he is, so are we in this world. And so if, whatever he is, that's the way I have the ability to be, if I want to be. So if he's full of joy, which he is, okay, then as he is, so are we. Then I have the ability, the right, the freedom to be that way if I choose to follow uh, his path. Uh, And, and a lot of times there'll be a verse like that that, you know, just I'll be meditating on. You know, maybe it's a healing verse or maybe it's a verse about joy. Usually it's something that deals with my personal life that, that will help me if I just meditate on that and get that settled in my heart that, yeah, this is to for me today. And Lord, how do I apply that to my life? And just meditate on it. You know, what do I do? And, and so it doesn't have to be over the entire, you know, book of Ephesians, it doesn't have to be over an entire chapter. Many times, it's just a particular verse, right? And sometimes, like Joshua 1, eight, maybe this is a verse that we, we meditate on and we think about, Lord, am I doing this thing? Am I am I uh, keeping your law in my mouth? Am I speaking your word? When I talk, do I sound like you? Uh, and uh, w- when I think, do I think about your words? When I think, do I think like your word thinks? Uh, and it's says, day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So uh, the re- the result of not allowing it to depart out of our mouth and meditating on it day and night will uh, allow us to do according to all that is written therein. Well, if we really could do everything that the Word says, then we could have everything the Word says. Uh, if we if we could read these things and meditate on them and do all these things, then we can have everything that it says. And, of course, then it, there's a, a, a specific promise in this verse. If you do those things... If you meditate uh, day and night in these verses, if you don't let them depart from your mouth uh, and you do according to all that is written therein, the result of that is thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So that's a pretty good promise, right? Well, people want the, uh, the prosperity of the Lord. They want the good success of the Lord. Are they willing to do what the word says to obtain those things? Are they willing to do what Joshua 1.8 says to do? And, of course, we know just in general that uh, Joshua was very successful in the things that he did. Uh, and, you know, for me personally, this, this particular verse, I, I was reading this verse uh, probably when I was a, a junior in high school, maybe even a, a, a sophomore in high school. Uh, and, of course, at that time, my parents had been gone. I, I was an orphan, and I had, you know, uh, if, if your family has nothing, and your parents die, nothing divided by 11 is still pretty much nothing, right? So, you know, we did get a small inheritance, uh, but it was not, it wasn't enough to do anything with. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking I, nobody in my family had ever gone to college, but I just, since I'd like to go to college, I was d- definitely smart enough to go to college. Not that you have to be the smartest person in the world to go to college or anything. It's just, that's where I was, but I had no, no concept of how to get there because you know, I had no parents to fall on. I had, I had no uh, understanding about how to get to college. You know, we weren't college people growing up. You know, like in our family, all my kids went to college. We went to college. and It's easy, right? Oh, you just do this. You apply here. You do this. You get this scholarship. You get this whatever, you know, uh, because we've been down that road. And so the path was already, was already laid, but I, there was no path for me to, that was laid. Uh, and, and thinking about, well, how do I go to college? You know, I, I had no concept of that. But I read this verse uh, and it said, if I do these things, then I'll make my way prosperous and then I'll have good success. And I can show you the exact spot I was at the house when I read this verse. And I spoke these words out loud. I said, this is how I'm going to college. This verse, this is how I'm going to college. Uh, and uh, and of course, you know, fast forward uh, many years later, I was got full scholarships to go to college. And, and um, uh, in fact, that's how... Chris and I met because I had a bunch of scholarships, a bunch of different ones, weird ones like Moose Lodge, you know, Walmart scholarship, you know, uh, just weird scholarships like that. And, of course, they have to go through the financial aid department at the school to get them uh, assigned to the right departments and such. And um, uh, she worked in financial aid. Who is this person getting all these weird scholarships, you know? And I'd have to go up there every now and then, hey, did my scholarship come through, whatever, you know? uh, know. Uh, and, um, And that's how we first met. She was my personal financial assistant. Uh, in college. And so, uh, and, and here we are today, right? And, and so we met because of Joshua one eight, right? We got married because of Joshua one Uh And uh, of course, this verse applies, you know, prosperity is more than just financial prosperity, right? If you're healed, then you are very prosperous in a, in a healthy state, right? That's, that's great. In fact, you know, all these billionaires would trade every penny they've got to live a day longer. So their prosperity, you know, although it's financial in in many regards, they would trade every penny they have to live as as healthy as I'd live every day. Uh, And um, I'm not going to make that trade because, you know, if I I trade my health for their money, then that's not a very good trade, right? Uh, And so I can be healthy and still have their money. Uh, That's a lot better uh, 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 exchange there. So this verse, you know, applies, you know, one thing that Brother Hagen said I thought was, uh, was good, he says, you know, all these verses, even though this is not specific about health, he said he sees health in every verse, every verse of faith, he sees health in, in, uh, in healing because if the Lord wants me to, to have good success, well, good success is wrapped up in a lot of things, it doesn't specifically say in a financial way only, good success would be to, to live a life without sickness and disease, that's pretty good success, wouldn't you think? Uh, and so... Uh, you can see healing in many of these uh, scriptures, right? Uh, and so we can meditate on these things. Uh, and uh, um, you know, and, and she spends a little bit of time. Let's turn back to uh, Matthew chapter eight. She spends a little bit of time uh, encouraging us to write lists of scriptures. A- and I have done that different times in my life, depending on the topic I'm looking at. Um, and you know, maybe that works for you. For me, you know, I tend to use lists of scriptures when I'm studying. Right? I want to go and maybe look at every, you know, if you look at my Bible, I go through, for example, everywhere the word uh, spirit is used, uh, then I'll go find out all the Greek words, because usually the word spirit is the Greek word uh, pneuma, but it's not always, right? But most of the time it is, so I'll go through and put in pneuma everywhere uh, in the whole New Testament where that's used, or I'll maybe use the word power, right? Power is either... uh, um, it's either dunamis which is supernatural miracle work of power or it's exousia which is the uh, power of authority and i'll go through and, and write down right in every verse of the bible uh, that, where those are used and i'll put a little note for myself that this is this particular word uh, or the word a uh, good one is, lo- is love right there's a lot of different greek words for love uh, the best one is agape uh, but there's eros and philia and, and uh, different words for love and they have different meanings and so Uh, It's important in the context which word love is being used, you know, and and the word, uh, another good one is life uh, and soul. Uh, And so a lot of times uh, when you see the word life, it's often talking about either Zoe life, which is the supernatural life of God, God kind, God quality of life, which is great. But sometimes it's it's suke, which is uh, talking about your soulless man and and primarily talking about your will. And, And so knowing which one that is, That's kind of important. So, you know, I'll go through uh, and I've got all kinds of verses like that, uh, words like that, that I've gone through everywhere in the Bible and wrote them down uh, so that I'll know when I'm reading the word, uh, oh, that particular word is this. That means something, right? That will change what I originally thought that verse meant because of what that particular word is. Uh, So, you know, having lists of verses, you know, and some people they'll put them on, on index cards and put verses on index cards, put them on their mirror, you know, the, so that they get their confession going on. I was talking to somebody the other day about um, Charles Capps. Anybody remember Charles Capps? Well, Charles Capps, uh, one of the greatest things he added to the body of Christ was your confession, right? Getting your confession right, speaking the right words all the time. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, there was, some, there was some, uh, something that was, maybe I'll think about here in a minute that they said that someone said, and he said, I will never say that. Bless yeah, bless your socks off, right? I bless your socks off when somebody did something for him. He said, I'd never say that. I'm not losing my socks. Uh, <laughs> and, and, but he was serious, right? He, he was serious about that. Uh, you know, because we say things, and that's not even that bad of a thing. But, you know, if, if you're sockless, uh, you know the number one request in every homeless shelter is? Socks, right? They all want socks, right? Why? Because their feet are cold and so So he wasn't trying to be uh, a jerk about it, wasn't trying to be, you know, real stuffy about it. But you know, he was so focused on my words will line up with the word of God and, and they'll not they'll not waver. Uh, and so. Uh, so, you know, sometimes having lists of verses, things that are important to you right now. So if you're dealing with sickness and disease, get a list of healing scriptures, right? We have an entire book like that. Uh, get that. If you're dealing with mental health issues, get uh, verses that, that uh, say you have a sound mind. If you're dealing with sadness or, you know, uh, uh, some kind of uh, depression, that type of thing. Find out verses that say that the joy of the Lord is your strength or that uh, that your mind is renewed. You know, there's a lot of a lot of different topics. So, you know, I'm not opposed to those things. Uh, what you'll find is as you do that, it gets easier that, you know, you don't have to necessarily write a list of verses, but uh, I would encourage you, you do whatever is necessary for you to be successful, right? Uh, and I remember years ago, uh, just thinking about how Uh, casual our conversations can be and and really how that they can't uh, aren't always lined up with the word of God when uh, uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne was coming to our church one time uh, I went to pick him up the at the airport and uh, he had a catalog of airplanes he flew a jet airplane but he was looking at a catalog of airplanes you know nice airplanes right Uh, uh, I don't know anything about airplanes but they had wings and you know they went fast and that's about all I knew about it Uh, and um and so I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, kind of like Amazon, you know, on Amazon, they have this thing called a wish list, right? Well, that's what it's called. And, and you put things on there and so people can buy them for you, right? So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, and so so I said, oh, are you putting that plane on your wish list? Uh, and, and so I wasn't, you know, I don't think about wishing because I don't think everything, I I'm, I'm always think about faith, but that's just, you know, it's just, that's what it's called. and uh, But it was kind of sloppy, right? It's, it's sloppy from a faith perspective. And he looked at me and and just real gruffly, he said, I don't have a wish list, I have a faith list. Uh, and just, you know, cut, cut it right off. Well, he was right, you know, I didn't get mad about it, you know. He was, he was actually, actually correct, you know. Yes, sir, no problem. Uh, and, and so my words were just not accurate like they should be, amen. So it wasn't that, uh, you know, I don't believe in wishing and hope and luck and that sort of thing, you know, in that regards. Uh, but, but in that case, you know, it, it was kind of sloppy, so... <clears throat> You know, if you have if you have a uh, a problem with your words, find verses that that correct your words. You know that uh, I mean, when, when, uh, uh, in Matthew chapter twelve, Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." Uh, and that to me, that's a really good a good verse because sometimes people say, "Well, I didn't mean to say that." It's like, mm, if you said it, it probably was in your heart, so you probably need to deal with your heart more than dealing with your words. Because sometimes what we do is we change what comes out of our mouth, but we never change the heart that caused those words to come out to begin with. And so we're st- all we're doing is, is biting our tongue. You never hear people hear that expression? I had to bite my tongue. Well, the reason you had to bite your tongue is because your heart needs to change, right? Because just like with, with cussing, you know, for me, you ever heard me cuss? Hopefully you never heard me cuss from the pulpit, right? That'd be kind of, uh, uh, I mean, that'd be weird, right? Uh, but, you know, if, any, if you've known me outside the church, you know, uh, you've never heard me cuss because I don't cuss. But the reason I don't cuss is because it's not in me. See, I don't have to bite a nail when something happens to keep those cuss words from, oh, I, that one almost slipped out. In fact, it wasn't even long ago. Someone said, I bet you had to really bite your, bite your tongue on that one, didn't you? No, but there was no tongue biting at all, right? Uh, because they're not in there, amen? So you, you deal with your heart because the, so, the source of those words came from your heart. And, and I, you know, I didn't write it. That's what the Lord said, right? So, the Lord said that, and you know, we go over to James, you remember James, in James chapter 3, he said that sweet water, bitter waters come out of the same fountain. And he said, Brethren, these things what? Ought not be so. Well, why do you say they ought not be so? Because sometimes they're so. And if, and if they're sometimes they're so, they ought not be so, right? And so, if you, you know, and I always love Facebook, right? You'll love Facebook, you know, people, are, oh, you know, say three amens and God's going to bless you, you know. Uh, and, and, um, I haven't done it, but one of these days I'm just going to put no. Just respond, just no, I ain't doing it. Just rebellion, you know. Because the next, the next thing is, don't you hate it when blank to blank people say things, you know, like, well, you know, what, you're preaching over here, but you're cussing over here. You know, you know how dumb that makes you look? How, how hypocritical that makes you, know, I don't, Yeah, you know, I care less, you know, you do whatever you want to, I mean, whatever, but... Uh, <clears throat> um, uh, people think because they, they do all those things, you know, or they say, if you, if you say amen, you know, or, or it's it's all those things of, it's amazing how many people won't say they love God, you know, I need 2,000 people to say they love God. No. And just go on and, uh, because it's so meaningless, right? It just, it just, it just mean. Look, have you done that? I'm not keeping up with your, I don't, you know, oh, you know, he said I'm doing, I don't know what you're doing, none of my business what you're doing, but uh, uh, anyway, it, it's just uh uh, but list of verses can be helpful to you, right? Uh, if that works for you, then that's what you should do, amen? If writing down verses help you, then that's what you should do. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we got to be careful make, about making a law that you should do those things, but uh, I would do whatever helps you, amen? Uh, for me, just reading the Word of God over and over, uh, either the same verse or just, uh, just reading the whole Bible through many times uh, is helpful to me. That, that tends to be what I do. Uh, but, uh, it, for different topics, you know, if you go to my notes, I've got like all the verses where the word cardia is used or all the verses where the word love is used or all the verses. So I, I make lists of those for my personal studying, uh, many times and, and, uh, and I have found them to be helpful. And of course we did that exhaustive study on the topic of healing as well. So, uh, you do whatever it helps you because, uh, if, uh, the words do not depart from our, from our mouth, then they'll provide healing to all of our flesh. Amen? Uh, and then she, she kind of went through and did a, um, uh, a review of chapter 8 here. So let's start at verse 1. It says, where, uh, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and, behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, uh, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole, or thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. <clears throat> and uh, that, uh, in this case, you've got two different people here. And so the first person is the leper. And he said, Lord, if it be thy will, and ha- anybody ever heard that prayer before the if it be Thy will. So where did they get it? They got it from the leper, right? The Lord, if it be Thy will. And, and so a lot of times they'll look at this story and say, see, it was the will of God in this case. And so the leper was healed. And so that, that so therefore we should always pray that prayer. But the, who are they basing their doctrine upon? The leper, right? Uh, you reckon he was a Bible scholar? Was he like a doctor leper? Uh, you know, Was he a PhD of leprosy or something? Uh, we have no background on, on leper at all. But clearly the leper was not well versed in the word of God because uh, we already know that the Bible says in the Old Testament, which is really where they're at right now, that uh, the Lord said in Exodus fifteen twenty six, I am the Lord that healeth thee. So... If he if he is part of the covenant of Israel, which apparently he is, then he should know that part of his covenant is that God's covenant name is the Lord who heals. So why did he have to have to ask the Lord, Lord, if it's your will to heal me? Uh, And yet people will build their entire doctrine on what the leper said instead of building their entire doctrine on what the Lord said. The Lord said, I will be thou cleansed. And so the Lord uh, should have put a rest to that whole doctrine of Lord, if it be thy will. Uh, and yet uh, we hear that prayer prayed on a regular basis, right? Uh, and, of course, uh, you've banned that from your church, right? People get ready to pray. Number one rule, you can't say, Lord, if it be thy will. Uh, in my circles, we don't hear that as much anymore. But, uh, but still, you know, I hear people say that. And, you know, especially people not in our circles, they'll say, well, let's get together and pray for so-and-so. And, Lord, if it's your will, you know, heal grandma. You know, because I'm always thinking when they say that, uh, you know, I want to raise my hand, you know. So is there a scenario where God wants them to be sick? Lord, if it be your will, because the alternative is it's not his will. And if you remove the will, because when we say the will of God, we we kind of picture this big, you know, scope of plans, and he's got this plan for your life, and it's all these things. And uh, if we would exchange that word, in that case, for desire. Lord, if it's your desire, because that's what his will is, right? Whatever he desires is his will. Lord, if it's your desire to heal me, because then that sounds kind of, you know, uh, if if there's a scenario where it's the lord's desire for me not to be healed what would you think of the lord you mean he wants me to be sick he he really desires for that that i not get well and i that i suffer in this sickness and disease for for days weeks months and years is there a scenario where god the father in heaven wants me to be sick you know because because we we use the word will of god kind of in a generic you know uh kind of uh, of a um Uh, technical term uh, and remove his his heart from that it's just it just he's just got a plan that's just his plan and you know sometimes the plan of god is you know someone told me the other day i was talking to a homeless person they said well you know it's god's it's been god's will for me to be homeless you know not in a look i'm not going to correct every single thing somebody says but i'm thinking that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard right god wants you to be without a home uh, and yet, didn't he say in Matthew six thirty three, all these things the Gentiles seek, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what? All these things will be added unto you. Right. Isn't that what he said? He didn't say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and I'll throw you on a bridge. You know, is that what he said? No. And so, you know, when people say that, you know, maybe it's just your you know, maybe it's bad luck. Right. I mean, I don't know anything about you, but uh, maybe maybe it's your decision you made. I don't know. You know, maybe it's just, you know, sometimes bad things happen and without without faith. We will just kind of do a case raw Well, whatever will be, it will be. You know, that's just, I can't change it. Well, sure you can. With, by faith, you can change anything. In fact, that's the primary purpose of faith, is to change your circumstances to line up with the Word of God. So uh, many people just take whatever comes their way. It's like, well, should, if it comes my way, it's the will of God for it to come. But that doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, everything's going to come your way eventually, right? If you live long enough, something bad will come your way. Is it God's will for that day it came? I mean... It's not God's will for that to come. So if we would replace the will of God, the kind of the technical you know, uh, word there with God's desire, see, that makes it easier to understand, right? What, what do you think God's desire is? And we, you know, we're in, in chapter, uh, chapter 8 there. If you just go back to uh, chapter 7, he said in verse 11, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him. Well, so he's using the analogy of of good fathers on the earth, natural good fathers, right? And of course, there are natural bad fathers, but natural good fathers, don't natural good fathers uh, know how to give good gifts to their children? He said, how much more? So, you know, if you picture in your mind, well, I didn't have a good dad. Well, fine, who cares? It doesn't matter for this point. The point is, if you can imagine what a good father would do on the earth, He said, how much more would the father in heaven do? So, uh, you know, sometimes we we try to wrap up God in some religious um, uh, facade that is weird, right? Well, you know, it was a good thing that God put sickness on you. Well, well, just forget this religion for a second and ask, okay, this good father, would he take his his child, his young child, and, well, you know, I want my child to learn about the ways of the world. So I went and exposed them to the bubonic plague, you know, and, and they nearly died. But, you know, we resuscitated them three times and gave them some medicine and, and they did survive. But, you know, they have a limp the rest of their life. And, but I thought it was helpful. What would, what would we do for a parent like that? We would lock them up, right? Well, you know, I thought it'd be good to, you know, they got close to the hot stove and they didn't touch it. But I put their hand on it anyway. I grabbed their hand and, and smashed it on the hot uh, uh, burning eye there. Because I thought it would be helpful for them to know that, you know, what it feels, to feel other people's pain, you know. That, now, that sounds insane, right? It sounds crazy. And yet, who, have, who, who in the people of, of God have said similar things about our Father? Well, he put that cancer on me, that, that sickness on me. You know, he caused me to lose a leg. And, because, you know, he, 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 there's something he wanted me to learn. And they never tell you what it is because there's nothing to learn, right? But they tell you what it is. They, 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 uh, they tell you that God did that. Well, there must be some purpose in that doing that. Yeah, it's because you were stupid, and you know you put your leg in a bear trap, right? And and uh, it chopped it off. And uh, I mean, I should use an example, whatever. But but people people throw all, everything under the will of God, everything under, as if it's God's desire that some harm comes to you, and, and it's really exhausting because I hear it all. I mean, I hear it all the time, the tr- people in church. You know, not so much faith people, but sometimes faith people. Uh, and, and I told you about the lady that she was a visitor one time and, and uh, she was here by herself. Her husband was at home sick and so uh, you know, on the way out she was just talking to me. And she said, um, you know, sometimes God just wants you to be sick you know, because you've you got to learn some things and it's helpful to be sick because you, know, you learn how to, how to have patience, you learn how to be kind and you know, all these things and, and so on and so on. And I'm just looking at her not saying anything. And she finally she stopped and looked at me. She said, you don't believe a word I'm saying, do you? I had that look on my face like, you know, like a cow at a new gate, like, what are you talking about? You know, uh, and like, kind of like my dog, you, look, you talk to my dog sometimes, they tilt their head like, you're saying words, but I don't know what you're saying, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and of course, you know, I said, well, you're right, I, you know, I, and I wasn't rude about it, but you're right, I don't believe anything you're saying, because nothing what you're saying is biblical. And of course, she never came back to find out why. You know, people get their feelings hurt, and I'm not the one, you know, they're just blah, 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 and I can't hook up with any of it. Uh, and and, uh, and and most of the time, I don't correct people. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't say, "Well, you're wrong." And there's no point in, you know, because you spend all your time telling everybody that they're wrong because they're they're not lining up with the Word of God. Uh, and so, so the leper there in, in uh, Matthew chapter eight, uh, we should not use the leper as the the uh, uh, as a source of our correct doctrine. We should use the Lord Jesus as a source for our correct doctrine. So when we ask the question, Lord, is it your will to heal me? What is the answer from Jesus? I will. That's the answer, right? That's the only answer he's ever given. Anybody's ever come to Jesus. What was always the same answer? I will. So that's the doctrine, right? And that's why Jesus said it that way. I will. My will is for you to be clean. Uh, Well, that only applies to leprosy. It's the same answer every single time. Anybody, blind people, right? Lame people, uh, possessed people. Everybody came to Jesus, same answer, right? Uh, and so uh, then she goes on into, uh, uh, into the, the next story there also in, in chapter 8, starting in verse 5. It says, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, uh, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Uh, and, and it's amazing because Jesus said that before um, he ever said, uh, he ever made a request of Jesus. Uh, and, you know, Jesus, of course, he, the nice thing about Jesus, uh, he, he operated in the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And so he, he always knew the best way to respond. Because other times some people say, hey, would you come down and heal my son or whatever? And Jesus said, look, you know, I don't need to go. Uh, I can just do it from here. Uh, but this case, he said, I'll come because he knew in this case that that's what he needed to say. Uh, and, and it's interesting because this is a centurion, right? So he's part of the Roman army. And he's over 100 people. Uh, uh, and <clears throat> uh, he called Jesus Lord. And this particular word Lord, in fact, uh, she made a, a point of this in, in her book. I went and looked it up because sometimes, you know, I want to make sure that what they say is so. Right. But I went and looked it up and, and it's for sure so. Uh, this uh, the word Lord there means all powerful one right or the way she put it means power over all power so you think about the centurion soldier who is over a bunch of people and is a member of the the uh, Roman Empire member of the Roman army and ultimately answers to to Caesar said uh, jesus you're you're over all power and and you know, that had to have been a dangerous thing for him to say because uh, he's basically saying, you've got more power than Caesar. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so, you know, if it had been somebody else saying that, the leper saying that, no big deal, right? He's a member of Israel, and, you know, Israel is always rebellious anyway over who's ever conquered them. Uh, but here's a centurion who has sworn allegiance to the Roman Empire telling Jesus that he's Lord over all power, right? Uh, uh, he has power over all power. Uh, and so that's a that's a pretty big deal. Right. And he says, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And, you know, this, this is a good verse here, because, you know, some people say I'm unworthy to receive the blessings of the Lord. The centurion never thought he was unworthy to receive the blessings of the Lord. He just felt unworthy to be in the presence of holiness Uh, And he was perfectly fine with receiving the blessings of the Lord. But there are a lot of people who get sick and feel like, well, because I made my bed hard or I made this mistake or I did this thing wrong, that I'm unworthy to receive the blessings of the Lord. And that can't be further from the truth because the Lord, he sent his only son, right? God so loved the whole world. You know, you're part of the whole world, right? Uh, And so, uh, so the centurion had the general right attitude about, Lord, I'm unworthy to be in your presence, but I still need you to help me here. Uh, and so, so the, Lord, uh, uh, the Lord responded to him, or he continued on and said, I'm a man under authority. So he's explaining to Jesus why he understands that if Jesus can just speak the word, it'll be done. Uh, and apparently this man had been watching Jesus for a long time because he made this whole analogy that, that uh, I'm under authority, and when I tell this person to go, it does it. And, and you know, when I'm told to go, I go do that. And he said, you know, I've observed Jesus. You're the same way. That you seem to be on earth. You say, you say that I only do what my father is saying. I only do what the Spirit of God tells me to, to do. But over here, I can just tell the Spirit to leave and he'll leave. Or I tell that sickness to leave and he'll... He said, that's exactly the way I worked in the natural realm. And so the man has understanding here, right? He has, a, he has understanding And one of the things that uh, Jesus said in verse 10, when he heard it, he marveled and said unto him that followed, Verily I say unto you that I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel... You know, one of the things that's helpful to faith is to understand how God operates. See, see, the centurion, the reason why his faith was great was because he understood how God operates. Many times people's thoughts about how God operates. Well, you just never know how the Lord operates. You know, you know, his you know, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is mysterious. Uh, his wonders to perform. Right. You just never know what God will do. Uh, well, see, then you'll never be a person of great faith. You know, you should have a general understanding of how God operates, because You know, just for example, with healing, it should be pretty simple. The Bible says uh, in three different places that by his stripes you were healed. So then our understanding is, well, then healing was paid for. There was a price to pay for healing. Jesus uh, uh, chose to accept that price, which was to receive uh, punishment in his physical body. And he did receive that physical punishment. So then it's a non-issue anymore. All healing has been paid for. See, that's understanding, right? So then there's no need to ask the question, Lord, is it your will? Because you understand, well, it's it's very relevant whether it's his will or not. not, That's not even a valid question today because 2,000 years ago, he received stripes on his back. So there's never a question of, Lord, is it your will? It's a done deal. It was done 2,000 years ago. You were actually healed because he said by his stripes. You were healed. So it's a past tense, right? It was done 2,000 years ago. See, that's some understanding that, that uh, should be simple to, to receive, and yet that's lost on a lot of people. Well, doesn't it make sense? You know, uh, you know, how, how can you say that? Well, I didn't say it. The, the Word says that. Uh, but the reason why the man had great faith is because he had great understanding. Who's in charge? Well, God's in charge, right? God's in charge, of course, where we let him be in charge. But uh, as far as authority goes, who's the greatest authority in the universe? Well, God is, right? If God tells the devil not to do something, uh, can the devil say, "I ain't doing it"? I ain't doing it. Now that's what we would do to our parents, right? And that's what we do to, to uh, law uh, law offices here or, or the law in, in our country. But in the realm of the spirit, it doesn't work that way. When Jesus uh, demands that something happens in the realm of the spirit, you know they may hesitate for a moment. You know, remember the gathering demoniac, it's as he had been saying for the for the devil to leave. You know, they may they may put up a fuss. But what will happen eventually? They will always yield. Every time without accepting, they will always yield, right? And, and that should help us to understand, okay, how do these things work? We've been given the authority of the name of Jesus. There's no spiritual authority that, that, that is higher than that authority. So when we speak the name of Jesus, things move, right? Things have to change. Every time faith goes out, things change, amen? Amen. Uh, faith will never be expressed unless something is changed, right? And, and so if nothing changes, then there no, no faith was ever expressed, amen? Uh, when faith is expressed, something changes. Well, that's, that's some good understanding, right? If we can understand that, then, then we can judge in our own hearts, okay, Lord, was I really in faith or not in faith? Uh, and, and um, you know, I hear people all the time say, well, I know the Word of God promised this, but it didn't work for me. See, that's a lack of understanding, right? Because if the word of God is so, it always works for you. So what, what they're doing is they're projecting their failure on, onto the Lord. That the Lord decided that in my case, his word is not so for me. That whatever verse it is, you know, healing or prosperity or soundness of mind or deliverance, <clears throat> whatever that whatever that verse is, it, it doesn't work for me. It, you know, when I, when I hear people talk like that, I, I don't really know how to respond without being really unkind, saying, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, because you're saying that God has chosen to violate his word for your case, that he said that, you, that he's not going to do his word for you, although it'll work for somebody else. And they say, well, well, why would God, why, why would God do that? You know, whatever it is, you know, why would God put that, allow that sickness to be on me, right? Uh, and it just shows a real lack of understanding, right? And so uh, one of the things that I love doing uh, is as I study the Word of God, I'm always asking the Lord, why did not you do it that way? Why does that work that way? How does that work? Because understanding is is key to great faith, right? This man had understanding. He he understood exactly just using an analogy of the natural realm. He understood how spiritual authority worked. And Jesus said, that understanding caused you to have great faith. So it's to our advantage. And, you know, some people think that understanding is only limited to people with an education or intelligent people. No, these things are not hard to understand, right? Uh, you can find anybody that uh, is good at what they do and they have an understanding of what they're doing. That doesn't mean they have a college education or not. Some, many times they don't have any college education, but they know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing that. <clears throat> and the thing that, that uh, always bugs me when I ask somebody that doesn't have a lot of, why, why are you doing it? I don't know. It's just what you're supposed to do that. Yeah, but why? Does it ever bother you not to know why? I want to know why. Why do you screw that screw there and not screw that screw over here? I don't know. You're just supposed to do it that way. Well, is that all? I mean, it's, there's very few absolutes in this world. Is that always the case? Is there a case where that's not the case, right? See, if you had understanding, you would know. Well, okay, that always works except when it doesn't work. So understanding is very important to great faith. Amen. You should understand who the Lord is, how he works, why he does what he does. And a lot of people, when you, when you listen to him talk, the Lord is a great mystery. He's just mysterious. And, and, he, and he's floating in and out of the world, and maybe he helps over here, maybe he doesn't. Why he doesn't help? I don't know why he doesn't help over there, but, but he helped over here, you know. Why, I don't know why. Now, and uh, the more that you understand how spiritual things work, the, the more clear things become, right? And, and the more, thing, more clear uh, how God operates is. Uh, you know, a lot of times, people say that phrase, well, God is in control. Anybody ever hear that phrase? Well, you know, God is in control. So he's in control of COVID, of, of high inflation, high gas prices, uh, you know, wars in Ukraine and Russia. God's in control of all those things? Oh, yeah. Well, he should be fired. He's doing a terrible job at all of those things, right? I mean, if, if, if you had an employee, okay, your responsibility is just the economy. Well, how are you doing? Well, you know, we've got record inflation. We've got, uh, we got record interest rates. We've got record, you know, prices. We've got record gas. we got record e- Everything's terrible. Well, well, how do you think it's going? Oh, I think it's going great. You'd fire somebody like that, right? Well, you know, God's not in control. God's in control where you allow him to be in control. Amen? So if we, if we say, Lord, uh, please be in control. I choose to give you control of my life. Well, now he's in control, right? To the extent that you follow up on your own, on your own uh, commitment with the Lord. But that heathen guy over there is God in control of his life. He has a sovereign will. For God to be in control of that guy's life, he would have to override his will, and force him to do something that he doesn't want to do. Is God going to do that? Hey, God's not going to do that. So, you know, so that shows a lack of understanding of who God is. God is only in control where people have allowed him to be in control. Uh, and see, that's simple understanding. But if you, if you put all of the world's circumstances in that understanding, it all makes sense. Oh, well, that's why there's wars, because people are not yielding to God. That's why there's high inflation, because people, you know, whatever it is, that's because people are not willing to yield to God. Uh, this man understood some things. He understood how God works. He understood how authority works. Now, he may not understand how prosperity works or how other things works, but he understood how authority works. Now, and Jesus said uh, he marveled at him. Remember this morning we read in, in Mark chapter 6 about how Jesus marveled at somebody's unbelief. But here he is marveling at not even a member of the covenant house of Israel. Uh, a man outside the covenant of Israel the Lord said, you've got greater faith in than all of Israel. And it's just because he had understanding, right? How does the Lord operate? Amen. Uh, and, you know, for healing, that should be an easy thing. How does God he, uh, operate in healing? He wants to heal me. He always wants to heal me. He never not wants to heal me. He, he always wants to remove all sickness and disease out of my life. And, and will he do it? He will always do it. See, that's under- why. Why? Why will he do it? Because he's a loving God, because he paid the price, because it's a done deal. Because he went to the cross. See, that's simple understanding, but uh, uh, usually what happens is people will, will paint all this really complicated, flowery doctrine about whys and these and thous, and well, you've got to understand the bigger picture, and, and they look at you like, oh, you're a simpleton. And my observation is the simple reading of the Word of God is almost always sufficient to understanding what he's trying to say. Instead of, instead of shrouding in some, some colorful, uh, strong, religious sounding words uh, he said uh, i will be thou cleansed okay that's pretty simple right so apparently it's the will of god to always be healed that's a simple understanding and it's perfectly fine uh, and the people have to have a phd to mess that up don't they and sometimes they do so jesus said that uh, i have not found so great faith no not in israel uh, and then he says then he talks about how many shall come from the east and west and shall uh, sit down with I- abraham isaac and jacob in the kingdom of heaven but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out in outer darkness, and, uh, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But then Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. So you know, the nice thing about this, it, uh, some other understanding we can get, number one, healing doesn't, have to, doesn't require your presence to be there. You can do it at a distance, right? We don't know where he was, but he was somewhere not here. Uh, healing does not require anointing oil. Healing does not uh, require the laying on of hands. Healing only ever requires authority. Whether the authority is done by the laying on of hands, or the authority is done by the anointing of the oil, or the, 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 healing, uh, uh, the authority is done by uh, speaking the word like Jesus did here. Uh, the, root, the root of all of those is always authority. We, as Christians, uh, accept the authority given to us by the name of Jesus and apply that into a circumstance, and we get the results of having the greater authority in every circumstance. And so there's a lot of good understanding in this that uh, you know, we don't have to do it. Because some, some people say, Jesus, you've got to come and lay hands on, on, my, on my daughter or my son, right? Uh, remember J. Iris said, Lord, you've got to come. You've got to come for my daughter, right? Uh, and, and now, sometimes Jesus would go, but other times, uh, like the ruler of the synagogue, he said, I'm not going. Um, uh, he said, only believe. Uh, and so, uh, but in all of us cases, you know, if you look at all of the cases of healing, what you find in the understanding is the one with greater authority always overrode the one with lesser authority. And Jesus was always the greatest authority in all these circumstances. So the greater authority always wins out on the one with lesser authority. Uh, and, and Jesus said, if you, if you get that, your faith will increase. You've got great faith, right? If you understand just that simple thing that who's ever got the highest authority wins. And uh, does Jesus have the highest authority? Does he always have the highest authority? He always has the highest authority, so he always wins, right? Now, that's, that's a simple understanding of, of how the Word works. But uh, Jesus called that great faith, amen? Uh, and so, so I want to encourage you in, in those things, as you're reading the Word of God... You know, if if lists of verses help you, uh, if, you know, like I said, sometimes people put them on index cards, stick them all over their house, uh, because they've got to move their their confession into the right direction. But see, uh, understanding in those things will help you understand why is my confession important? Because Jesus said, you have what you say. So that's important, right? Uh, Well, I'm always the first one to get sick. Well, you have what you say, right? Uh, So... uh, if you can understand how important your your words are, see, that'll help you change uh, change your course and direction of your life to line up with the Word of God, amen? Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the story with the centurion, I think, is great because the man's not even in Israel. He's not an Israelite. He didn't grow up in the synagogue. He didn't grow up learning the law of God. He didn't grow up learning the stories of the Jewish nation and all the miracles that God did for them. He didn't grow up with that legacy. He just waltzes in, you know, and says... I've been observing you, Jesus, and you operate just the same way that I operate. Uh, and, and you have 100% success. And so uh, if you'll do this, then we'll be okay. Amen? Uh, and so uh, so I would encourage you, get as much understanding. In fact, Proverbs says, wisdom is a principal thing. Uh, therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Uh, because understanding it, it answers the question of why, right? Uh, and so, or really, it... it uh, uh, why and how, right? Uh, and so, uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the Word of God, and we thank you that uh, you, you yourself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases, Father, uh, because you chose to do it, because you wanted to do it, because you desired for us to live free from sickness and disease, and so, Father, we thank you that you did that, and you showed us with these examples in your Word, starting with the, the, the leper, Father, that you said, it is my will. And then moving on to the centurion and showing uh, how you operate. That authority, the highest authority always wins. And Father, you call that great faith. And so Father, we thank you for that. And Father, we thank you that it is your desire, your plan and goal for our lives to live free from sickness and disease all the days of our life. And Father, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Just before we receive the offering, you know, just a sense in my heart that uh, I want to encourage you all, be sensitive this week because I believe there's going to be an opportunity for you all to use the understanding of the greatest authority uh, wins in every circumstance. And there'll be a, there may be an, an, an option or an opportunity this week even uh, that uh, you will need to exercise your authority. And so always do that with the understanding that when I exercise my authority through the name of Jesus, that I always get uh, exactly what that authority declares to be so, uh, and so if it's healing, if it's deliverance, you know whatever it is, the Lord didn't show me specifically what it was. It just sensed in my heart that there's going to be a circumstance or situation where your authority needs to be exercised, uh, and so do it with the understanding that your authority always wins, Amen, uh, and uh, gets the results. And so praise God. We'll, we'll, we can get receive the offering this afternoon. And uh, appreciate you all's faithful giving. Amen. The Lord is good and kind. Amen. Uh, he desires good things for us, and so uh, if He's prospered us, it's such a small thing for us to um, <clears throat> to give back to Him. Amen. And so um, let's see. I guess two weeks from now, right? We've got uh, uh, Reverend Larry Hutton from uh, uh, Georgia, and um, you'll enjoy. Uh, uh, Reverend Hutton's uh, ministry, you know, he's just uh, he's, he's a seasoned minister and it doesn't mean he's old or anything, he just you know, he's, he's been doing this for a while and, and he's really good, amen uh, and he'll do he, uh, morning service and he'll do healing school for us as well so, and, and if I'm not mistaken I've got to get clarification from him, but it seems like he did some teaching in healing school because Brother Hagman would have different people teach healing school for a while, and so I'm not sure if that's the case or not, I'll find out for sure when I talk to him next, but um Uh, But he has taught healing for a long time. Uh, In fact, uh, the way we got connected again, come ahead Mr. and receive the offering, but uh, I'd send him a copy of our book because, you know, as the Lord leads me, I'll send people copies of the book there uh, because it's a reference book, right? And so, you know, I'm not really pushing any agenda other than the word, right? And so, but it's a a pretty good book to send to people for free uh, because it's fairly unique. And so um, after that, we got connected and then um, uh, he's coming here uh, next month, so uh, it'd be good to see him. Amen. So that's two weeks from today. That's amazing. It's going to be that quick, right? Uh, and so, praise God. Well, the rain stopped, so the leak stopped, right? So you think you put a new roof on your building, you shouldn't have any leaks, right? Uh, and so, it's just part of the deal sometimes, right? We'll get it worked out. Amen. Well, be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and Lord, and we'll see you next Sunday.